This is Trevor William Church from Haunt. You're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 247 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always, and this week we've got another great one. Um, yeah, I think so. You think so because Trevor William Church of Haunt is here. That's right. That's right. We got him. He's on the he's on the show. He's quite a guy. A lot to say. So, um, we're happy to spring this on everybody. That's right. Yeah, this is a this is a good one. I think people are going to like it. I think so too. Yeah, they right. better listen. <laughs> I know you've been, you know, since I mean, what probably a year or two ago, yeah. whenever you kind of got into him, turned me on to him, and we've been mentioning ever since then. We need to get this guy on the podcast. I mean, this is this is this is my heavy metal. This is like straight up. You know, this is this shit is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, and the new album Mind Freeze is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, it's just great this worked out. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get into that here shortly. But before we do, we need to let you know that we are sponsored by MedFarm and DEB Concerts. MedFarm is a dispensary located right here in our town of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, suburb of Tulsa. They're located at 24683 East Highway 51. You can't miss them. Get in there. Check out their selection. It's big. They've got lots of stuff. They're always running specials as well. If you follow them on their social medias, you won't miss any of those specials. Medfarm on Facebook. That's P-H-A-R-M. At MedfarmOK on Instagram. And MedfarmOK.com is the website. And one of their specials that is going all the time is if you tell them that you heard about them on Thunder Underground or just mention our name, they will give you 10% off your order. So we're very happy that they do that. That's a good perk there. So get in there and do that. And another great thing is that their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause because 30% of their profits are going to build No-Kill Animal Shelter. They've got one already that they have... uh, the land for and the building, and they're working on getting it set up. So that should be this during this 2020, I bet. That's right. I mean, you got to love the little creatures. Yeah. And especially the fact that, you know, it's a no-kill animal shelter. Exactly. That's the that's the big, the big point here. And they're 100% locally owned, family owned, um, veteran owned, I believe. So get in there, check them out, support them. I mean, how, how 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 can you kill animals just because just because no one's picking them up? Yeah, I've always thought that was weird. It's, it's like well, they, it's like they run. They say they run out of space, but isn't there? I I don't. I'm not so deep into this that I know, but I always figured there's got to be another one somewhere that can right? take one or two animals. You know, spread it out. I know these places might not work together. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I have I I have a great idea. Um, there's there's like 48 churches. For every one person in this goddamn state. <laughs> so let's clear out about goddamn three-fourths of those motherfuckers. They don't do any good anyways. And put all put all the animals in there. Make that a haven for the animals. Something that does matter. Something that is real. Okay? I mean, I can't imagine... You know, I got my little dog from 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 uh, the pound. And, and she's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm not even killing her. You know, she's great. She doesn't shit in the house. It's awesome. <laughs> right. I named her Izzy after Izzy Stradlin. That's right. I mean, you, you can't do this. You, you know, the churches are there. Let's clear them out. I'm going to hell for that. <laughs> hey, or just, you know, even 
you know, a couple of churches or McDonald's. Oh yeah, definitely McDonald's. Look, you you know how you know how you know how you know a place is bad. I don't go eat there. <laughs> Anyone that's seen me can figure that out. If I'm not going to go eat there, the place sucks ass. <laughs> so let's just take all the McDonald's and and put all the pets there. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just so many options, right? <laughs> but at least we know. There's another no-kill coming soon. That's right. That's All right. right. <laughs> also, DEB Concerts, a promoter based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that we love. Not just because they sponsor us, but because they keep bringing in shows that we love. They started a few years ago with Winger, and ever since then they've had Saxon, Junkyard, Kicks, Last in Line, Steelheart, just saying those five bands, it's like five bands that I never thought would be playing Tulsa. Yeah. Which is amazing. And then they've also had Striper, Dokken more than once, LA Guns more than once. Um, we've had Warrant, Firehouse, Great White, Lita Ford, Bisto Blanco, Sebastian Bach, Tom Kiefer. But coming up soon here in about a month and a half, or even less than a month and a half, February 22nd. Buck Cherry is returning to Tulsa. Hell yeah. And playing the Ideal Barn for the first time. That show will be opened up by Grind and Fist of Rage. I can't wait. Yeah, this is a good one because Buck Cherry is a... I mean, generally you heard all the bands that we mentioned. Buck Cherry's a newer than most of the bands they book. But they also fit the, the mold of the, the classic hard rock sound as well. So, glad to see that, you know, DB Concerts is bringing in some... Someone like Buck Cherry. Oh, yeah. That's that's a perfect way to go. I can't wait to see what they do next. Yeah, absolutely. So get in touch with the band Grind or Fist of Rage and tell them you need tickets. Even if you're from out of town, if you get in touch with them on Facebook, they'll ship them to you and you're saving cash. On this show, it's actually 10 bucks a ticket is what I've seen CJ post over Okay. Which is a, a huge savings. 20 bucks if there's you and a significant other going right there. That's That's a deal. That said, Ideal Barroom, that's like five beers, because their beers aren't that bad priced. So, that's right. There you go. Can't beat that. Eddie Trunk will be hosting the show as well, as always. And also, DB Concerts books the DB processing stage at Rocklahoma. They did that last year with Bisto Blanco, Ace Freely, Leah Ford, Slaughter, and a ton of regional and local acts and this year will be no different. They recently announced that John Five will be one of the acts on that stage. And the announcement for all of Rocklahoma is coming next week, Wednesday, January 22nd. Yes. And we can now announce that Doug Burgess, who runs DEB Concerts, will announce his entire lineup on the DB processing stage all four days right here. On this podcast. That's right. That'll happen in, you know, a day or two before the lineup comes up. Yeah. Be sure to be listening for that early next week so that's, you get a jump on everybody else. That's right. We're up to some stuff. We got stuff going on. That's right. And hey, like we said, we got Trevor William Church here. We've also got Tommy Erickson from Slumlord Radio coming up soon. We just that's recorded right. that one as well. That'll be a good one. So be on the lookout for both of those episodes coming soon and... I think we have another surprise for you to announce next week as well. I think so. Before we get into all the the greatness that is Trevor William Church's music, we need to talk about something else that is great. 
Well, not that as great. Someone that was great. Yes. Which is Neil Peart, who, as you, unless you're living on the, the giant fucking rock. Yeah. If you listen to rock music, you listen to this podcast, you undoubtedly know that he passed away this past weekend. Yes. Or um, Friday. Well, actually, he passed away earlier last week, and it didn't get announced until Friday. Yeah. As it, it with all things Rush, it's all done with integrity, and it's all done... <laughs> When they want it to and how they want it to be done. And in this day and age, that's amazing and that they can pull yeah, it off. It's right? insane that they can pull that kind of secrecy for the last three and a half years off in this age of social media, internet. Everyone's always on their goddamn phone. Um, I, I respect that so much. And um, as terrible of news as this is, I mean, it's the worst fucking news. It, it, it just goes to show, you know... Um, <clears throat> The, the reverence and the respect and, uh, you know, the integrity that Rush do things with. Um, as we know now, Neil was battling brain cancer for the last three, three and a half years. So as we know, that's the reason he stepped away. Yes, now we know. Now it's like, ah, okay, here we go. And so, I mean, it's just sad, dude. It's so sad. I mean, this is literally, I mean, I can say this with so much confidence yeah, there's no way anyone could argue me. I know it's fucking correct. It's a fact. I'm um, going to argue just for the sake of it. Yeah, I know you will. No. <laughs> um, anybody else could say you'd agree, but me, you're, you're going to fuck with me. Right. But this, uh, Neil Peart was the greatest drummer, I think, to ever pick up a pair of sticks in the fucking history of music. You're not um, even just saying rock, you're saying in anything. anything. Okay. I, I really. I mean, look at what, there, there was no, and see, that's the thing is, is there was no flash about this guy. He had no flash, no gimmick. Every hit was part of the formula. Everything meant something. It wasn't just, I'm going where the music takes me, man, and, uh, you know, I'm going to twirl my sticks a million times. I mean, he didn't need any of that. The, it was all, it was all thought out, every hit, every note, it, it was all, I mean, it's just like, it was so like scholastic and technical, but at the same time, so expressional. I mean, it's just, just look up any one of his drum solos and it's the, and there's nobody else's drum solo that can top it ever. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I could keep going, but it would just go in circles. That's just, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Well, the the thing is, it's like with any instrument, whether it be drums, guitar, vocals, whatever, you can always argue like, so-and-so is one of the best ever. And you can loosely say that about fucking 50 years. Yeah, exactly, you know? yeah. But it's pretty rare, like when it, what you just said, especially since he's passed away and you see it from other people that are extremely revered, mm -hmm. that, you know, a few people are saying... He's one of my, the three greatest drummers ever or whatever, you know, or like him and John Bonham are all that mattered or whatever. But uh, more often than not, people are saying this is the greatest. Yeah. It's not like one of the, it's like, this is the greatest. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be hard pressed to find anyone that argues with that, well, what I just said. <laughs> that's right. You know, besides you, that's just doing it to fuck with me. No, I'm not arguing. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's. Because it really right. is. It's like, even not being a drummer, you just know it's like, yeah, it's him and Bonham and. You know, and, and, and even are, Bonham's not even in that category, you know, as far as the technicality. Yeah. You know? and, and, he, and this is some shit I'd say, 
had he had he not passed away. Oh, absolutely. We've had this conversation many times. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, it was it over Thanksgiving, I went on a huge rush kick. I listened to like five of their albums just in one day, and I'm just like, God damn. You, it's all amazing, but the drums, you just can't help but focus on the drums more than anything else. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's a terrible loss. It's a sad loss. 67 years old. This is, you know, this is just a one more case of, you know, our idols are getting up there. We're getting right. up there. You're going to start seeing this. Blah, 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 blah. We've, we've been through it. So, And even 67 is not that old. For, no. You know, obviously cancer fucking sucks. But yeah. I mean, and you know, the only other thing I want to say is like Rush is one of those, one of those few bands that, you know, I mean, I can't. I was trying to think of this earlier when I was trying to think what to say. There's very few bands where like every single member and instrument is as extremely as important as the other one. Yes. And Rush, yeah. like, you know, you could say that probably about Zeppelin or The Who. I'll say it about Faith No More just because I'm a geek for him. Yeah. But it's like Rush is like the pinnacle of that where like these three guys and, you know, all insanely talented and all meshed together perfectly. Yeah. And it's just insane that, you know, I mean, they could do something, you know, I, I assume that they would probably call it something different, but they have every right, you know, if in a couple of years they wanted to go out as Rush again, they could, but I don't think that'll happen. They won't do that. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that these Mike Portnoy rumors will kick back up again. Mm -hmm. They were just kicking around a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but I mean, well, outside of him, there's, there's a few guys that could pull it off. But I think you know, if they did something, they'd call it something different. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just and, call it Lee and Lifeless. Yeah. Something, you know? And and I think that like the the last thing about this I want to say is you know we got to see them I think in 2011. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. It was the second to the last tour. Was yeah. And, 2010 or 11. Yeah. And we got we were pretty upfront. Yeah, I was like from what I remember. Tenth row, I think. Yeah, Eighth, tenth row. And, and I just want to say thank you. I have you to thank for that. <laughs> I don't really remember the details, but I know that my dumb broke ass couldn't have went if you didn't have. You had two extra tickets somehow. Fuck me, I can't remember. And you didn't even hold me over the coals for me. Just let me pay back when I could. I, I probably fucking still owe on them. I don't fucking know <laughs> the way my fucking crazy ass is. But I thank you because. That was absolutely one of the greatest shows I've ever been to. Yeah. That was one of my top five shows. And um, I'm just glad I got to see that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's and, that's what I wanted to say. And you've also seen, obviously, tons of musicians all across the board. Oh, man. Like, paying tribute. Like, you know, everybody we love, like, Charlie Benante has... has Put out a shitload of oh, stuff yeah. on he, Instagram. He, he put a post like every two yeah. or three hours. Mike Portnoy, you know, is another one. Uh, I saw a big long thing from Brian Tishy that we just had on here a couple yeah. months ago, which was really cool because he talked about whenever he toured opening for for Rush, and that's the the common theme through all these guys that either played with Rush or just met him. Mm -hmm. They would all talk about how cool he was to them, like as far as like, hey. I think it was Brian Tishley that said, he's like, hey, have you tried? Because he was talking about his kid. He's like, have you tried? He's like, no, I didn't try. It's fucking Neil Peart's kid. Yeah. And he's like, well, come on and play. Yeah, get, get back there. <laughs> yeah. And I he, read that. Yeah. Yeah. You see it from all these guys that you expect it from rock, hard rock and metal. And then there was a, I saw a deal like on the day it, you know, it was announced from Brian Wilson. You know I mean? That's oh, how, I that's how wide that. reaching 
this guy is, you know. If you got Brian Wilson talking about a guy from the world of progressive rock. Yes, yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, that's uh, Neil Peart, you know, rest in peace. Uh, What a legacy. Yeah, I think... uh, What a pioneer. I think we should just say now, even though we're like months and months behind on our Iron Maiden, every album in a row that we're going to do with Jason Carroll, we should just decide that we're going to do a Rush one. Oh, my God. And we should get Michael Davis to... to Yes, we should. We should. We were just talking about him anyways. I know there's a... We should definitely do that. We know a lot of Rush fans, but hey, he's a drummer and he's a... That's like his favorite band, I think, right? Yes, yeah. That would we be should perfect. definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll happen like 2024, <laughs> the way we're going with those things. <laughs> right. 2112. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I don't know that we'll, none of us will be here, man. <laughs> uh, it's probably a good thing, too. Yeah. All right. Well, should I go into this, uh, the Power Trip Eagle Beat Festival thing, or should I save that for the next episode? Save that for the next one. Since we got a lot of stuff going Yes, on we got a lot to cover on this deal. Yeah, so just jumping into the the Trevor William Church stuff. I mean, he's going to cover a lot, but yes, and we kind of you mentioned it briefly up front. But Mind Freeze, the third full length album, just came out last or at this point last Friday, and this is the third full length album in less than two years. There's also been two EPs. He talks about that in detail about why he's so prolific and putting out so yes, much he stuff. doesn't fuck around yeah and it's it's really a good train of thought really once you hear his explanation for it yeah but but you know i mean just a general thing right now you know before we get into it if you don't know haunt um you're going to um it's just the new wave of traditional heavy metal that's kind of coming through and definitely coming out of california uh, i mean if 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 you like uh you know, I think if you like Maiden and Priest and, you know, uh, I mean, you know the drill, man. Yeah. I mean, th- this this kind of stuff is going to be right up your alley. You know, you, you like the first few Metallica records. If you want to get deeper into it, the the whole new wave of British heavy metal stuff. Yeah, all that. Like Diamond Head and Satan, of course, because they're on tour with Satan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, this is. If that's your thing, you've already heard Haunt. If if you're, yeah, I mean, yeah, but if yeah, if you're not familiar with them, just like you said, if if, if you even loosely like Iron Maiden or Judas Priest, you know, put that together, you know, yeah, you've got you've got at least a taste of what you're going to get a little bit of. Yeah, you, you're not going to hate this stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. And speaking of, we didn't really get into it in this interview, but you know, Jason wrote a review for. The album Hysteria, the Hysteria album that came out here a few months ago. That's a great album as well. In the same vein, but it also features two of the guys from Hellfire who are another great, amazing, yeah. The, you know, we fortunately got to see recently. But, and also Night Demon's another band in that realm that Trevor goes into here later in this interview. And we've had Night Demon on this podcast three times now. Definitely. And everything that, Trevor says about him is absolutely true. Totally true. We know that from our own experiences as well. So be sure and check out all these bands on that tour, Satan, Night Demon, Bewitcher, and of course, Haunt. That's going to, you know, look it up. It's happening in April. It's coming our way. I know it's hitting a lot of, I think, Midwest and East Coast areas. So look that up and find it out. And of course, check out Mind Freeze. Let's jump into this. Here's Trevor William Church from Haunt. 
like trying to get all these mind freeze orders taken care of. And like today, he just decided like finally that he was going to allow me to like get the work done. And he just like slept most of the day. I was like, holy shit, finally. <laughs> like finally I could get this done. Hey, I was wondering where my cassette was. <laughs> nope. Well, the cassettes aren't even here and I'm starting to get fucking pissed because they've been in Berkeley and Oakland for almost two weeks. What? Like on tracking? I'm like, yeah, this, the tracking says it's in Oakland. I'm like, I'll fucking drive there. Like you're making me like, I'm so, those are the only orders that are left to fulfill are cassettes. And I'm just like, you fucking asshole. Wow. I want to get this shit done. Because now I have the Hysteria record just came today. And now I got to get all those out and get all the merchandise ready for Europe in like four weeks or in a month. I'm going to be in Europe in like literally a month. Yeah. So I'm like fucking post. I mean, how the fuck can something get that caught up for that long in the same state three hours away? Right. Dude, it comes. It comes fucking quicker. This isn't the first time this has happened either. So I'm not like surprised. For some reason, when you send a big box and send it media mail, sometimes it's slow. Yeah. yeah. What? It comes all fucked up. I guarantee the box is going to be mangled. Yeah. Well, that and that, that, that goes to something I've always said is people don't fucking care anymore. They just don't. Nah. They do, but they don't. There's like, <laughs> it's like, it's half and half. It really depends on, on who their boss is. Really, yeah. They got a cool boss. It's laid back. They're probably working. They're working good. If they got a fucking dickhead that they're working under, they're pissed every day. Yeah, yeah. That's the reality. <laughs> How cool is your boss? You know what I mean? That's, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, I just got dick that dictates everybody's work ethic. Yeah, yeah. That's you have too point. cool of a boss, then you ain't doing shit. <laughs> but if your boss is just cool enough then you're getting shit done. If yeah. they're like the type of boss that's like, oh, you want to leave 15 minutes early on a Friday? Did you get all your work done? Yeah, cool. Get the fuck out of here. Those are the people that are going home happy. You'd be surprised what 15 minutes will do to somebody. They're like, fuck! It's like winning the lottery. Yeah. Uh. It says that me, I don't work for anybody, so I don't know anything. I've never worked for anybody, so I don't really know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Having said all that, we we appreciate uh, you taking the time out to do this. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I guess just jumping into it, uh, talking about Mind Freeze, uh, been out. Uh, I know you, you played a record release show. Uh, how do you feel about it, and, and how do you think it kind of differs from the, the other releases so far? Well... It's interesting because when I started Haunt, it was just me. And like I had my, the, the, well, Daniel plays drums now, but at the time he was Beastmaker's merch guy. Yeah. And I just kind of hit him up with like, hey, I got these songs. I'm drumming on it. I don't like my playing. Will you come play on it? That was really it. So there wasn't really any talks of like, hey, this is going to be a band at that time. So fast forward a little bit in like I'm in Europe on tour of Beastmaker and Shadow Kingdom's like, hey man, I'm selling out of these things. Like we already sold out of the first pressing. It's been like two weeks. 
you should think about maybe doing a full length. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, he's like, you need to like, he's like, you need to do this. And so I got home, wrote the album and literally Daniel got sick and hospitalized in the middle of the recording. And me and Andy, the beast, drummer for Beastmaker, we ended up trying to like sample all his drums. It was pretty fucking chaotic to be real. It was an insane process that I wouldn't redo, but we didn't really know what to do. Cause like he told us, and, and I mean, we're all homies, we're Fresno guys. And you know, he told us he had six months to live. And so Andy and I are over here feeling hella guilty. Cause we're like, well, we could just get somebody else to drum on it. We're like, nah, what if Wolfie dies? This is like, you know, that's fucked up. We don't want that. So we, we, we made it work, we made it work. It wasn't what we wanted and strange cause we just re-recorded the drums for it because the first pressing is all sold out mm-hmm. and Wolfie survived. He's a fucking survivor. I don't know how. I mean, to be told you got six months to live, to going on tour and, and you know, doing the things that we've done is pretty crazy. It's a pretty remarkable story, which people will hear about soon. But fast forward again to like my craziness where I'm just like writing stuff and hella impatient. <laughs> Um, you know, to Icarus, to Mind Freeze, when we had an eight-month period. So, I mean, really, I had all, I had the album done five months after the release of Icarus. I had the Icarus done literally, like, a month after Burst into Flame. Um, and that's just how it goes with me with songs. It's really weird. So, Mind Freeze, it's crazy because some of the songs on it are really old and some of them are very, very new. And the only thing I can tell you about it is like, I've wanted to play keyboards on records for a long time. There's never been a keyboard player. I've had, I've had an ad on Craigslist since fucking, it feels like forever. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just out there. And it's like the bet. It's like the raddest. Like if I was to like search Craigslist in the musicians column, you know, Signed touring band, um, paid gig. I would be like, "What is this?" Yeah. <laughs> I would become a keyboard player. I'd be like, "Well, I'm going to be a keyboard player now because I want to be in a band that's cool." You know what I mean? So, like, it's really weird. So, I just finally was like, "You know what? Let's just see. I'm going to put it on here and just see how it all goes." It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Years ago, I used to program and do like really like punk synth stuff. I was really into like Gary Newman for a long time, and I loved you know I just love keyboards. I love Ozzy's keyboards and just the yeah um, texture that it puts to it. It makes a whole new little layer to put it on. I, even though I put it really subtly on this one, I'm starting to get a little bit more into that and putting it a little bit more up front now a little bit now that like it was received well i was kind of frightened i was like are these people going to be like what the fuck is this he's trying too hard or something you never know what people are going to say yeah but it seems like it's been well received and you know i i feel like haunt is like you know we're starting to like have some like actual real momentum as 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 a, a group you know like i'm still writing the music and stuff still crafted by me and it's kind of still has the same general format of how I do things. Um, but like the live show has definitely like evolved into like 
also how I write as well now because like John plays like pretty much all the lead guitar and I did like three solos on this record um and John also had solos in those songs so it wasn't like I had three solo solos it's three lead parts that I have but I started realizing like hey this is not what I want to be doing like I want to be running around I want to be like headbanging and like I don't want to have to like focus so hard on everything all the time i need a little bit of you know a little bit of space to breathe let's put it that way because like, you're soloing you think like imagine like, this is a good you know i remember the first time i went in front of a bunch of people in a crowd you know like i was playing a show one of my years ago and i went to go play my first solo and all of a sudden my hands weighed like 900 pounds yeah you know it's like <laughs> holy shit like i'm fucking up and it's obvious and to you know fast forward now all these years later it's still really crazy because like at home in the studio i'm just like it's like boom one take sometimes i make it up on the spot one take um so it's really weird how that kind of you know like it, the pressure alive of you know playing the set good and singing good and then playing all my solos good it just got to be a little bit and then john was just he's just better than i am at that stuff so i'm like you're lead guitar player now so we've had a couple like little subtle differences between our last record and now and um you know i i i really like mind freeze for a couple of reasons because it was the first time wolfie was well that was that's a huge change you know that's a big change to go from sick as fuck drummer to well drummer yeah. you know there's a big there's it's like you would have to have been here to understand what i'm saying like mm -hmm. there was a session of first and flame i'll just break it down for you just real quick story he came over for a session here for burst in a flame he lasted 15 minutes and he was gone. I didn't see him again for three months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was like pretty serious. Yeah. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know if we were going to be able to do the tour that we had planned for it. And like, strangely, like I was looking for other people. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then Wolfie just hit me up one day and was like, doctor says, my liver has improved 15% if I keep, you know, he's like, if I quit drinking, quit doing everything that I was doing, he's like, they think I might make it if I have a liver transplant. So at this time, he was going to have to have a fucking liver transplant. He ended up not even having to do that. They, they, it did, he did have to have surgery. He had to have a pacemaker put in. But so mind freeze, it was, it, it was the first time we really had Wolfie. Because before I was doing some drumming, like, you know, he was doing some, but a lot of it we were, you know, having to do so much. It was not really him. You feel me? Yeah. Like, he wasn't oh, yeah. there. He wasn't, because he's a super good drummer, and people that have seen us live know he's, like, incredible. He doesn't, he's an amazing drummer. One of the best. His double bass is fucking, he, he blows people out of the water that I've seen. He just really, he just really has a a gift and um he's never really got to shine till now and like it's pretty exciting to actually be there you know what i mean so now it's like 
now we really can like make things happen. You know what I mean? And so it was really nice for Mind Freeze to really see that like it all could come together. You know what I mean? For the first time without yeah. any trials and tribulations. It was like, oh, here we go. Wolfie's <laughs> good. We don't have to worry about how the drums are going to get done. Because I'm not the guy that's going to wait two hours to release material. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think the world is already starting to see that, like, I'm not one to rest and be like, oh, yeah, album's done. To me, I don't really understand this, and I talk about this a lot. This is something that I, I really don't understand about the record industry, and that's why I choose to be on a smaller, like, indie metal label and also retain the rights to my music, um, is... There is no way that I'm going to write eight or 10 songs and then wait 18 months to do the rest because I will have a, a ridiculous amount of music written by that time. Ridiculous. I write every day. Yeah. Even now I'm writing, you know, I write, I try to write a riff. Like, even if I can't write a riff every day, I'm working on a, I've written a riff per day. So if it isn't a new riff, I've added to a song. You understand what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like there's always some something going, even if it's just writing lyrics, even lyrics, you know what I mean? Like I try to get something done every day. So there's 365 fucking days in a year, and I'm not a millionaire, so I don't have the luxury of sitting on my ass and being like this glorious, you know, they, this isn't the glory rock star days of yesteryear. Where it's like you put out a record and it automatically sold a hundred thousand copies, even if you sucked. That was those days are lost on. So I don't get to be a millionaire. So I have to like to me, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna keep doing what I like doing. So there, there's nothing to like take me out of Fresno. You know what I mean? Like I don't have enough money to be like, oh fuck it, I'm gonna go to fucking Paris for two weeks and shop and eat and be all gluttonous and then I'll go do a tour and then, you know, I'll make all this money and then I'll go do that again. And then I'll do, you know what I mean? That's, that to me is how you, you like, you know, the way that the industry has this like, you know, rec, you know, 16 to 18 months, they want the record to be out before you do your next one Yeah. there. Or, you know, some labels may be a year if you're a popular artist. But, you know, I, I just can't imagine, like, being in that situation. I kind of was in it with my previous band, Beastmaker, where they were like, oh, why don't we wait a little bit longer? And I'm like, I have 50 songs. Yeah. Like, I mean, what do you want, me to, what do you want to wait for? Like, let's get this shit done before I hate this band and then I start doing something else because <laughs> I need to be fucking occupied. I'm not, like, sitting here trying to, like, be like, okay, well, since that's what you want to do. I mean, if somebody was making me millions of dollars and they're like, hey, Trevor, why don't you just wait, dude? I'd probably go, eh, all right. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not getting, I'm, I get $5,000 to record a, a record and have to work a normal job. You're going to fucking sit there and dictate, you know, what you want to do? Like, no, I don't think so. Like, you know what I mean? If it's like you wanted to sign the band, you wanted, you know, this is, I'm going right along with what was done. You know what I mean? What was said and what we could do. And it ended up not really working out. 
you know, for that band, unfortunately, I I really enjoyed doing Beastmaker a lot, and I wrote a lot of material for it. But I like Haunt so much more because I don't feel confined as much to a genre, even though we're in the new wave of traditional heavy metal rotation pretty heavily on his YouTube page and stuff. I still, and Shadow Kingdom also has marketed us in that. I still feel like we're way different than um, a traditional metal band. I feel like there's a lot of like hard classic rock riffs in my music and um, probably I, I would say my music is like 25% traditional metal and 75% classic rock, personally. Uh, and maybe, yeah. you know, throwing some... I've been really into a lot of, like... I've been, like, kind of going back into stuff that I was listening to when I was a teenager. I, I, I was, you know, I'm almost 40. And the other day, I was getting very, very nostalgic because I was shipping all these fucking records. So it was like... I do all the shipping, so I listen to, I just put it on YouTube and let it just play. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to listen to all the stock records, stuff from the 90s, and then the Epitaph stuff, and like, going back through some of it, I really started realizing, like, some of my music is, like, definitely rooted in there. Yeah. Especially the California bands, like, Theory 66, Through 32, AFI, um, there's so many more lag wagon. I mean, I could go. There's California has always been pretty prominent of bands, but like being able to see those bands made it like way cooler. And that's what you, what I was going to see in the '90s. I was not going to. I mean, metal in the '90s. I feel was like Limp Biscuit. Those are the bands that were like upfront corn. That was like considered metal. So I kind of and then Danzig put out Danzig Four, and then Metallica put out load and i was like well i don't know if i like heavy metal <laughs> you know what I, mean? yeah. I was like i was like i like punk i like the punk stuff better fucking lag wagon is more metal than metallica's reload to be honest with you <laughs> go listen to lag wagon trash and you're gonna hear way more metal riffs than you do in load so it's it's pretty weird um kind of going back and and hearing that and i and, and starting to hear that it's actually I'm using a lot of progressions that they use and stylistically it's kind of seems that way too. And not even knowingly, you know what I mean? It was just something that was like, it, I, I kind of lost touch with a lot of those bands. Um, mainly because I really was like in the music that had guitar solos. That was like the big, like, I feel like that's still what makes a lot of that nineties punk and like eighties punk. I mean, 80s metal, like the, that era, <clears throat> what really made it different was like just the lack of guitar solos that punk really had. But the playing was metal, you know, like they were doing like hella technical, like all muted riffs. And like it was very, how you could just tell that that's what they, those guys were listening to. They just wanted to do something differently. Yeah. But, Anyway, that's that you know bring brings bringing us up to mind freeze. Um, it, it's it's a cool it's a cool thing to see that we finally like had a Wolfie well enough to really play on the whole record, and you know without any like I said any weird hiccups health hiccups, and to see that like there's this live you know perspective of it now John's new role me being able to write synth into the music and then 
just overall, like, you know, there's been other things, like we got the cover of Decibel Magazine, which is like amazing for a band that's been around as long as we were or have been. And then also being from Fresno, a place where nothing comes out of except for raisins and almonds. <laughs> I mean, like, we are not known for our fucking heavy metal scene. You know what I mean? Even though, even though we had a very thriving punk scene here many times in the 80s there was capital punishment that was from here and i mean there's like there was a couple record stores here when i was growing up that had all the flyers like black flag would play here dead kennedy's tons of bands played here and then even even thrived through the 90s because there was a place called the cadillac club that had tons of bands that come all the all the bands i just mentioned were playing here um so but anyway, we just never really had, you know, like, it's hard to come from here. It's not cool. Somebody, I, you know, sometimes I catch myself reading YouTube comments and somebody even, I even like the bad comments. I, I get a kick out of what people have to say about what I do sometimes. But anyway, uh, somebody had said, why isn't this band way bigger than they are? And then somebody commented, because they're from Fresno. <laughs> and I just had to laugh. I was like, it's so true. It's so true. I remember trying to like break out of Fresno and just people like did not even care. You know, it was like the first Beastmaker show. So I was trying to play LA. I mean, we're playing with like ska bands, Doom and ska on the same night. Imagine, imagine how many people were in attendance. The six people that had heard of us and like the 10 people that the ska band would bring. <laughs> you know? So it was definitely a, a hard road travel to be, you know, like there's no cool points, you know what I mean? Like if you're a cool band from the Bay Area, it's like automatic that like, you know, hey, these guys are cool and, you know, they play this cool club that's here. We just don't really have that. So it's been a lot more, uh, a lot crazier than it's really, you know, trying to get to the work, trying to climb the ladder of music and be from a place that is unhip, unrecognized. Um, it, it, it presents its own challenges within itself. Because you kind of have to prove to the cool people that you're cool, even if it's not really what you care about. I don't fucking care about any of that shit. I'm more or less more, my big thing is like always been writing songs, obviously, because I already... We already have the next record done. We're going to be recording it in the next next couple months. Here. Wow. <laughs> after, we, after we get home from Europe, we're recording it. It'll be done. Oh, yeah. Mind Freeze is, Mind Freeze is already old. <laughs> Time to move to the next one. <laughs> well, well, you know, earlier you're talking about, you know, you're doing all this stuff yourself. You write all the songs. And, and especially seeing as how, you know, you, you do things so quickly. When do you know to, when do you know to, when is something done and when do you know to, to hang back or maybe this needs more and that doesn't? When I hate it. <laughs> nice. That's when. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only, only way I can tell you because if you love it, you don't want to stop. Yeah. You don't like it. You start wanting to stop. Yeah. And is that going to happen? I don't know. I mean, like, there's definitely going to be a time that comes. I, I'm not even, I, I, I know this is a fact. It's not a matter of, like, is it going to happen? It's when is that going to happen? Because 
I'll tell you this. As long as people want to see Haunt and hear Haunt, like, I'm going to continue writing the songs. Now, like, it really depends. I guess everything depends on my on tour scheduling because I'm not, I'm not one that's really all that into touring, to be honest with you. It's, I, over the years, I, I've started to like it less and less, and now I'm a dad. I like it even less. I, I love playing the shows. I don't like driving in a car all fucking day and then sitting around all day waiting to play the show when I, my mind is moving a million miles per hour and I'm missing being, missing my, my family and I'm also missing songwriting. Believe you me, when I'm out on the road, since I can't write, my brain is like this fucking rapid like saying where I'm like thinking of things. Too much time on my hands so i don't know man i mean like to answer the question when when do you know to slow down i mean right now i feel like i have slowed down i waited way longer than i wanted to for mind freeze to come out i was ready to put it out three months ago i just waited because we're like well we should just wait till 2020 and we could put it release it in the beginning of the year and i was like all right i just went along with it because like I wasn't in a super rush for everybody to hear it, but then again, I was also warning Shadow Kingdom. I'm like, I'm writing a new record already. <laughs> as soon as I'm done with the record, I've already started writing the next one. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like we live in a time. I don't feel. I don't feel like we live in a time where that matters anymore. Because, I mean, when we talk about units being sold, there's like no record stores. You know what I mean? They're 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 not like. I mean, there was a time and place, and I was alive, where there was a record store. There was two record stores in every mall in America. Yeah. Now there's zero. So do the fucking math. Where are you guys from? Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Well, I don't know much about Oklahoma, <laughs> but I can tell you this. In Fresno alone, we had three malls, and there was two record stores in each of them. And we also had Tower Records, all of which no longer exist. So to think that each one of those record stores could potentially have, each of them have a hot record, right? Four, and then you multiply it by how many cities are in California, probably would have sold as many records as we currently sell just in one state. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... With that being said, and like the internet being what it is, and like people can just pick and choose what they want to hear, and they put it on playlists, and they put it on their own personal playlist, or they put it on shuffle or artists they like. I mean, I don't feel like it even matters. You could put out 50 records if you could. I mean, does it really come down to like how fast somebody's band is really writing? Is it a band is writing records really quickly? I'm sure they would want to put them out as fast as possible. Nobody, no artist wants to wait. You know what I mean? They want that shit out. There's, I mean, the guy that just got their album done and they, they can't wait to show their fucking friends. Like, I mean, isn't that like when you get a new toy, like, I want to show this to, you know what I mean? Like, you, I want to show it off or whatever. Like, when I get a new guitar, the first thing I do is I send John a picture. Hey, I got a new guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not like, Okay, I'm gonna wait eight months to show John that I got a new guitar. Yeah. So everybody's excited. 
and there's an excitement to it and when I feel like you can connect to people way more and I have been doing that a lot by going live on my Instagram live on my Facebook and like connecting people to what I do you know I'm in the studio working on stuff why can't they just be here right here with me I'm not like we're again we're not in a time where even even a big label could make me a millionaire right now you know yeah. what I mean? I just don't play the right music. Maybe if I was Adele or, <laughs> yeah. you know, or a country artist, yeah. But like an underground heavy metal artist of the 2020s, <laughs> a band camp is where I make my money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that that so was that was like, one of my questions. And you're talking about like record labels and record stores. Bandcamp seems like a, a the the next best, probably better thing. You know, the the way the way that it's set up and the way you have your setup specifically. I, I think that's really cool. I make, I, I now could like not, I don't have to go to work anymore and it's because of Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. That's but it great. also, but Bandcamp also created a job that I didn't know I would ever be doing. And that is a, the shipping business. <laughs> <laughs> so at my house, at my house now, I have an office that is the shipping room. Like it is packed all the time. I have to ship. I ship a lot. Like right now, mine freeze. I did 700 units by myself. Wow. I'm still doing it. I told you the tape didn't come. Yeah. I still have to send out every, and then they're sold out. So I know that I have at least a hundred or something. I got to ship of those fuckers. (laughs) So. I didn't know that that was going to be a thing, and I actually adore Bandcamp. I hope nothing ever happens to it. I'll fucking buy it. I'll yeah. fucking buy it. It's a great <laughs> format because it allows artists to actually make some money. I buy everything from artists that I like. I buy it from their Bandcamp. Yeah. I yeah. don't go anywhere else. That's that, where I go to get it. That's, the that's way where I go. It. If I'm just paying for, if I'm paying for a digital download, that's where I pay it. Because I know that artist is actually getting it. But then I found out recently that a lot of labels are actually running the Bandcamp pages and the artists get nothing. I don't like that. That's right. terrible. That's no good. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. Well, you know, I can tell you guys right now that, like, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I've been trying to, you know, I've been telling my guys in my group, like, John, he's been working really hard on a side project. I'm like, everybody needs to have their own music and you should be online. You know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. in my band. I'm like, I'm like, there's no reason that you guys can't be on the same level. Cause like I'm the songwriter, you know what I mean? So it's like the band is mine. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole project, the business, I built the whole thing from the ground up off of being not like, I like, I think Beastmaker would have ended up sounding like would have been a haunt hadn't the label that I was on make me hate being on the label so much mm-hmm. <laughs> it made i was like you know what because like we our our demo that we put up on Bandcamp is what got me like that got attention in the first place and i remember getting the money from the digital downloads from it because going like holy shit i actually paid off the piece of equipment that i had to buy in order to do this because we did it in the bedroom in my bedroom at the time um we record we that's where it all started it was like we couldn't afford to go to a studio (laughs) 
So that made me start, me and Andy, the drummer beat figure, it made us start recording ourselves. And then I realized, well, hey, there's this like, okay, I made this much money off of Beastmaker's demo. I was like, now I have Haunt. Like, I'm just going to use this as how I'm going to make my living. And I tried. That was that was the first thing. And when Shadow Kingdom started working with me, that was the first thing I said. I own the band camp. You can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are two years later, and I haven't been happier in a band in my life. I can tell you that much right now. I, I'm, I'm very, there, there's new stresses about the band, you know, especially with being a dad now that I, I'm like, you know, definitely, you know, I'm way more concerned about my touring schedule. I'm like, this is when I'm going to tour and this is how long I'm going to tour and that's that. You know what I mean? That's really how I feel now. And um, so and it, it, it probably shows in our April tour with Satan. I was so okay. I was like, you know what? We're just going to fly to the East Coast. I don't even want to bother having to drive out there and then back because there's really not many places to play after you've already gone one way. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live in the van. I don't want to sleep on people's floors anymore. I'm over that shit, man. I, I, we still do a lot of that shit. We stay in shitholes still. So it's still like very rugged, you know? So I have to be way more picky choosy about everything and then like you know i pay my guys like like you know a salary when we go out i'm like this is what we're going to get paid for this so um prepare yourself um and that's how like that's the business model of haunt really so it's like um you know definitely like i like take care of my guys out on the road because i know that like bands i've been in the past like when you try to do things with very democratically and like all everybody like almost socialist, everybody can puts into the pot, it becomes a mess. Like it really does. You just need, you need a leader and you need a right hand. And I got both of those. So, I mean, like I, I never thought of myself as a leader until I started hating being led by other people that led me to nowhere. You know what I mean? Like at least with my guys, I could say, Hey, I'm at least leading you to dry land of some sort. I was like, because I played in bands in my younger years, I was hired on and like, I made t like, I would get on hired on these tours of bands that like were signed and they'd be like, this is what we're going to give you. And it was terrible. It was like $20 a day. Like, and that was how much you got paid for these. That, that was the tour. So, I mean, that's like rugged. And it's like, I tell these guys, I'm like, you don't even know the shit I had, I'd been through to get to this point, you know what I mean? Like I had, I, I mean, we all know in life to get to the pot of gold, you're going to fail like 50 times. And you might not even see that pot of gold. You might, you might, you might be able to touch the rim of the, of the pot. You might never even, but it, Hey, if you got that close, at least you got a good story to tell. Right. Well, you mentioned the tour with Satan and night demon bewitcher. No, you guys and Night Demon are kind of waving that flag for the new wave of traditional heavy metal, and Satan, of course, being sure. you know from the heyday of that. Like, what do you, you know? What do you think this oh tour God. is going to mean for you know for that style of music? I, 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 for me, it was like, like even though I'm hella stoked that it's only two weeks, I'm sad that it's not two months yeah. because yeah. that would be 
that would be the type of tour where it's like it's just you have a legendary band like satan first off whose recent record cruel magic might be my favorite album by them yeah and i can't i can't say that a lot of about a lot of bands that like are from years ago that put out new records i don't want to name any because i don't want to make anybody upset with me but most fail okay Right. And um, minus Angel Witch's new record, which was one of my favorite records this last year as well, um, Angel of Light. But um, Cruel Magic is fucking insane, dude. Yeah, it's a good record. It is record. like an insanely good record. Yeah. There's great songwriting in it, and the fucking guitar playing is like scaring me right now. I'm like, I don't want to, those guys are way too hard to go up against, man. That's a big challenge for me. That's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, um, there's going to be some learning on that tour. I'm going to be going, I'm going to college again. I, I felt like I went to college when I went on tour with Zach Wilde, but like, this is a different kind of college. <laughs> you know, he was like, he's like rock god college. You know what I mean? It's like. You watch him and his sound checks and then watch his show every night from backstage and you, you get you know you talk to him and stuff you're like holy fuck i mean the dude is like an ultimate shredder you know what i mean yeah. but satan has really good songs where i can't say that i'm like super into zach wilde songs they're not bad don't get me wrong they're not really my not really my cup of tea i'm more into satan obviously not the not the religious figure but the band <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so I mean that that's a. Th th I feel like it's gonna be a really and, and Night Demon. Let me just you know I have to say a little bit about all the bands now. Uh, Night Demon is an incredible band. Lo I I mean uh, they they just seem to have such a good spirit about them that I just really like even just enjoy being around them. Not even just the fans, like being a fan of their music is one thing, but how cool the guys are and how down to earth they are. And how, I mean, like there's so many people that go, oh yeah, they're so down to earth. But no, really, they really are like, like the coolest guys. And they write kick-ass songs. And I mean, Bewitcher, I'm already, I've already been friends with Andy, the bass player, from before I even knew who Bewitcher was. So, and their record is really good too. Under the Witching Cross, it's fantastic. Um, so, I'm really excited about it. I, it. It's weird because I've seen some of the the tour, like the shows on the tour, um, and there's like other bands playing, and I'm like, why? <laughs> right. Like, how many bands do you need to see in a fucking show? I'm like, it's already a festival. It's four fucking bands. Yeah. Like. Like, give us longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody fucking cares about Joe Schmo local band. I'm like, why would you put a local? I, I feel like the guy is doing a friend a favor. You know right. what I mean? I don't like that. I'm like, I'm like, fuck that. Like, give give the Witcher more time. Because, you know, open the opener only gets like 30 minutes. Give him 45. Give him a fucking hour. Yeah. You know? Let him rock out. I mean, it's not... It's. It, I mean, the the whole changing of it. I like when it when I found it was like a four band fucking tour. I was like, holy shit, cool. And then I see some of these shows. I'm like, there's five, six bands. I'm like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Nothing against them. Of course, they're gonna get mad at me, but I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Um, 
like I'm I'm doing this shit for Night Demon and Satan and Bewitcher. That's the fucking that's the tour. You know what I mean? Like I always feel like anybody any band that's like off the tour that's randomly thrown on and it's not a music festival and they aren't like super good friends of the band playing, it's kind of a weird thing. You know what I mean? I'm like, why? And I feel like it's like America we do that so much. They're like so worried about attendance and it's like people are gonna come. I will say this, if if Hawk can pack Fresno, which we have been, I mean, like, there'll be some people at these fucking shows. It might not be coming in the thousands, but it's like, it's like, it's Satan, first off. So every heavy metal fan in America should be like, holy shit, they're coming? Okay, great. Because when's the last time they came here? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And they like, might not be here again. No shit. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I personally, I feel like honored to be on the tour. I'm like bowing down to these fucking guys for allowing my band to even be a part of this shit. Cause like, if I was, if I was just a fan and I saw that Satan was on tour, I'd be like, holy shit, I'm going to go catch these guys. Cause like my chances of being overseas and seeing them is even slimmer. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You don't know what's gonna happen, so yeah, so that's gonna be a really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Are you guys going to any of the shows? You're in Oklahoma. I'm not sure. If yeah, we're we'll, near we'll, there or not. Yeah, we'll be at the Tulsa one for sure. I mean, that's gonna be a fucking rad show. Yes, I mean, it will. If I lived in Oklahoma, I would drive however far to the closest Midwest city there was to see that band. <laughs> it, it, it's only about I 15 doubt. minutes from us, so we will definitely be there. <laughs> 15 minutes? Yeah. That's a hop, skip, and a jump in the way, dude. I, that's awesome. Well, oh, yeah. We will see you there. there. <laughs> cool. Well, is there anything else you guys want to dive into, or you think we got enough? Yeah, I mean, I think that works. We appreciate you taking this much time with us. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, this is great, man. Thank you. Cool. No doubt. There you go. Trevor William Church from Haunt. A huge thank you to him for taking some time out there to talk to us in the midst of all his shipping out the the mind freeze physical copies and um, doctor visits and all that stuff he had going on. Uh, you know, family <laughs> always comes first. And, Absolutely. And I ordered the cassette, but hey, I'm patient. Right. You know, I understand what, you know, obviously he's, you know, they're held up. So, Well, see, this day and age, you can get a cassette or a CD or a vinyl because you want to. Yeah, you know, because I love getting vinyl. You do too. You love getting cassettes, and you get it because of the nostalgic reason, because it's cool, and plus it helps the band out. But at the same time, while you're waiting on that, you can crank the shit out of this on Spotify, so it's not really exactly. like you're sitting here dying. Yeah, because you don't have that physical product. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's everywhere. You just go check this stuff out. Mind Freeze again, the new one. It's great. Yeah, and you know, like you talked about in there, there's. You've already got three albums and two EPs worth of music just from Haunt in the past less than three years, basically, with all this stuff, I think. You've got the Hysteria album. You've got um, Beastmaker. You can check out. So just, you know, look into everything that Trevor William Church has going on. He's got Church Studios where he's producing a lot of bands as well. So follow that on Facebook. And... Get your ass out and see Haunt if you can. So if this is your first time listening, we greatly appreciate it. 
Like we mentioned before the interview, Night Demon has been on this podcast. That's right. Several times now. We've also had on... I mean, I should have looked up, like, thinking that vein of music. I mean, I don't... You know, I mean, we've had on Sid Falk, who was formerly in Overkill. Dave Ellison from Megadeth. Yeah. Chris Broderick, who was formerly in Megadeth, and now in Active, Active Defiance. Yeah. Yes. And we've had on, you know, just across the board of, of metal guys, we've had on Kirk Winstein of Crowbar and Down, Jimmy Bauer of Down and Superjoint and I Hate God. We've had on John Connolly of Seven Dust. We recently had on Brian Tishy, who's played with tons of different people you know and love. We've had on Kenny Hickey. Type of negative this past year. Uh, Vivian Campbell, Blast in Line, Def Leppard, and of course, way back with Dio. Had on Alan Robert of Life of Agony. Got on Gene Simmons of Kiss, Bruce Kulik, formerly of Kiss. Guys from Europe, Warrant, and a host of those kind of bands like Tesla and Dokken. So just dig through there and check it all out. It's all that you can find everything. Whether it be the podcast, reviews, and social medias at our website, which is thethunderunderground.com. Follow us on all the socials. If you click like or follow or whatever it allows you to do, that helps us out as well because other people see it and it spreads it around. And then get on YouTube and subscribe to us at The Thunder Underground. We've got a lot of reviews and reactions and whatnot to different stuff over the past couple years. And I'm sure we'll have that coming up as well with the, the Rocklahoma review. And, of course, new albums coming out this spring. And, yeah, you can listen to everything on SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder-Underground on iTunes, Google Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, MixCloud, all that great stuff. So get on all those and subscribe as well. I think that covers it for episode number two of 2020. Rest in peace, Neil Peart. That's right. All right, once again, thank you to MedFarm, DEB Concerts, and Trevor William Church. And until next time. Finally get to smoke a joint. <laughs> it's it's the little pleasures in life. After spending like an hour and a half at the fucking pediatrician's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll keep waiting. Me in there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Jesus. I was like, this is fucking insane. I'm like, we should just come an hour late. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, can you schedule us at 3.30? Why don't I come at 4.30? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, if you come an hour late, then they just cancel you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're just like, oh, they're late? Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. $45. $45 charge. <laughs> I'd love these to collect $45 for all the people that missed shit. No shit. Yeah, we'd all be better You know, off. like, hey, you missed, you missed it? All right, you owe me 45 bucks. <laughs> I'm always late. I'm, I'm always late everywhere I go. Well, I've always had that thing where I say, always get there 15 minutes early. Somehow I'm 15 minutes late. And then added, add a kid into it. Now I'm like, I'm 30 minutes late now. Thunder Underground, y'all.